Our special music this morning is going to be from number 92 in the hymnal. If you want to turn and follow along, you're welcome to do that. It's This Is My Father's World. I'm going to get some help from Francis and Ezra. I mean from Sylvia and Ezra. Father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings as round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my Father's world, I rest me thought of rocks and trees of skies and seas his hands the wonders wrought this is my father's world the birds their carols raise the morning The lily white Declare their maker's praise This is my father's world He shines in all that's fair In the rustling grass I hear him pass He speaks to This is my Father's world, oh let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems oft so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my Father's world, why should The Lord is King, let the heavens ring. God reigns, let the earth be glad. Thank you. Thank you, Ezra and um, Sylvia, for your help, and Julie as well for playing for us. Music can be such a blessing. Our scripture reading this morning is found in Psalms 19, verses 1 through 14, which is the whole chapter. And this is one that you have probably heard put to song. Um, The Psalms are all, or were all, songs of David, right? Um, But we don't often think of them necessarily as music when we just read them and we see the dry words on the page, but this is one that we have frequently heard put to music, or at least good portions of it. The law of the Lord is perfect. The choir, to the choir master, a psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, 
and night to night reveals his knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like, the, like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit is to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, and the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins, and let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. church. Happy Sabbath to you as well. It is my sincere prayer that we realize the meditations that I spoke about in the children's story of our hearts in all that we think, say, and do, and that they are indeed acceptable in the sight of our Redeemer and our source of strength. Isn't it good to look around and just realize, church, that we were able to arrive here today safely to worship Jesus. See, the world is going to try and limit more of this, and we see it already now all over the news. Why? Well, it burns our enemy that we got here today in the first place. He doesn't like it. And any time, church, that you feel the slightest notion or a thought, a whisper perhaps in your heart or mind that justifies a reason why you really don't have to come today. Well, you just stand right back up again and realize that's more of the junk that we heard about in children's story. We just got to sweep it all out and come to church. We have to find a new loop. See, I talk to him when he tries to talk to me, and please know that you know it's not all that crazy to talk to him and consider how easy he could try and fool me by talking to me and convince me of the garbage he is trying to put in as a meditative loop in my own head and my own thoughts. 
I was raised well, taught not to talk back to people. But in this case, well, it's for a higher purpose. Because I might hear a negative thought in my head that's not from God, and well, it kind of might sound like my own thought sometimes because it's in my head. But my Savior made me, and he made you, and he doesn't create negative thoughts. So any negative looping thought in my head can't be from God, and it can't even be my own thought. So I talk back to him, and I tell him who my God is and where he needs to go, because the Bible says, resist the devil, and he must flee. And when I'm speaking out loud, sometimes I'm preaching to my own heart, like a sermon just to me. Sometimes the words don't leave my mouth. It's just thoughts rolling around in my head like a silent sermon, telling my own heart what it should be thinking about in tough times. I should only leave space in my heart for people that love me and who I should be loving as well, right? I love everyone, but I have to remember that that space comes first to God who loves me. So a recent conversation, albeit a little crazy to think about, that I had with the enemy was when he tried to give me a justifiable reason why I could get a pass today and not come. Not particularly today, but in the past. And I talked to him, I said, all right, I got to say that that one almost sunk. You almost convinced me that for today it would be okay to take a break, take a rest. You almost convinced me. So go on, try to give me reasons not to go to church today, because I'm going to church today. My children need Jesus, my family needs Jesus, so I'm going to model for them exactly where to find him. You can't have me, you can't have my life, you can't have my friends, my family, my neighbors, my list goes on. So now get out of here, because in the name of Jesus, I'm a new creation, and I'm going to church today. So you're wasting your time trying to tell me about a reason why I shouldn't have to come today. I know exactly where I need to be. It's easy, I think, to let a thought come in like that when you're tired. It's easy, I think, to let being tired be one of those reasons why you think, well, maybe we can just relax today. But the more you take yourself out of it and listen when there's a hush and just let him speak to you, you will find a new refreshing energy. So I tell my enemy, you're wasting your time trying to tell me about some developing situation because I gave my heart to Jesus And now I don't live situation to situation. I live based on revelation. So straight on through toward God's revelation is where I'm headed. You can try and rub my face from this situation or the next. And yes, I fully expect more situations to come. Some of them have been harder than others in my life. But I look forward. Forward to Jesus and the revelation of we are all going home. So dear church, whatever comes up next in your life is just going to be one more opportunity for God to show you how he's going to carry you through it. And I often ask my students where I teach about stretch growth. 
And I'm reminding them while reminding myself sometimes that it's going to feel a little uncomfortable with something that challenges us. But only in the stretch do we grow. Only when we are stretched out of our comfort zones do we see how far we can go. As God is the master of stretching us to our limits without breaking us. He's a master, of fact, more often than not, because often God has to work on me in order for him to even start to work through me. God asked Moses to stretch, did he not? And Moses stretched out a staff over the waters, and God gave a silent sermon through Moses. Lazarus was dead. God still used him through a sermon. His sermon was to raise Lazarus. But Lazarus couldn't speak at all. Your life is your sermon sometimes. Sometimes the sermon that comes through your life is stronger than the sermon that leaves your lips. Your trust in God shining out in your life from one situation to the next when people see you living your life toward revelation, no matter what the situation. And sometimes the greatest sermon of your life will only be by the things that you went through. They're going to see three boys go into the fire and come out without the smell of smoke on them. They're going to see all the miracles you have read about in the Bible. They're going to see the woman who poured out her heart while pouring out perfume. The power of God can happen in a silent sermon just as well as a spoken one. And how many of you realize that you being able to show up in church today is proof of the power of God? See, the enemy is quite nauseated today because he can't stand to see us here right now worshiping God. The other day I saw a video of a young, young Ukrainian girl. They were hiding out. They were hiding out. And the young Ukrainian girl stood up. And all she did is stand up, and all of a sudden there was a hush. And I think heaven was up to something higher in the hush. Because when she stood up and started to sing... The rest of the people stood quiet and listened to her sing. She was singing a song that had looped in her head. It was a song that she knew over and over again. She heard it and she sang it. She sang, let it go, over and over again, let it go. I'm sure the people in that room had a bunch of anger and sadness. And through the mouth of a young girl singing, let it go. Maybe they let it go and gave it to God. When David talks in our scripture verse today about a circuit of nature looping around, he realized that there are silent sermons in our lives every day preaching about the power of God. Day after day and night after night, they put forth the glory of God. You think that the silent battles you are dealing with might not be so important in the grand scheme But some of God's greatest sermons are seen and not heard. So what you have battled with in your life, great and small, to make it here this far, was noticed by someone. Please turn to someone in your pew right now and say, I'm glad you're here.
the very nature of life is a cycle. Nature happens in a cycle. It's important to realize that some situations in our lives are cyclical and not circumstantial. Myself included, some of us have run around from one situation to the next until we come to the realization that we're in this cycle and we're creating these situations because we haven't stepped out of that loop. We need a new loop. And if you don't understand the cycle of a situation, then eventually you deal with one situation after another situation after another situation, and you look back after about four or five times and you say, why am I facing this over and over and over again? We need a new loop. When David looks in our scripture here, he looks in our verse of study that we're talking about, he looks at the cycles And he talks about the sun going round and round and round. And then there's a shift in his thoughts that takes place in this verse. As he ends the verse, may the words of my mouth and my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. See, he starts with the solar system and he ends with his soul system. From the solar system to his soul, realizing that everything is on a cycle. Whatever you're meditating on right now in your head is a cycle. So starting here right now, pick a new loop. See, meditation is not just a term that people use during yoga. In Hebrew, meditation is a musical term. I'm going to sidestep a little bit for a moment to tell you that for years, I would bring my prayer list to God, my prayer requests, my prayer ideas, my prayer thanks, a cycle of just talking way too much. I spoke way too much. It was a vicious cycle because I never stopped to hush and listen, thinking that maybe he'd have something to say to me in that moment. And I was just so busy talking. I never really gave him the time in those moments to listen in the hush. I didn't hush enough because, see, the devil will get you so caught up in the rush that you don't even think to hush. He loves us enough, God loves us enough, that despite our cycles of rush, he's still trying to slow us down sometimes and let you hush to hear him. And he'll even go so far as to use silent sermons to reach us in the midst of the rush to remind us of the need to hush. So we're conscious about our meditations in our mind and heart throughout the day. Do you know what's looping around? And here's the greatest question. What's looping in your head right now? Who handed you that recording? You wake up with your head full of doubt. How am I going to do this? How is this going to go on today? What is the doctor going to say? How am I going to get through this next month financially? Are you looping around yourself? Or do you need to loop around a source that is greater than the self? Looking at Abel, early on the Bible presents Abel, the shepherd, 
this man is not introduced as someone who formally is trained in speech delivery. And if you look in Genesis 4, 2 to 4, simply states that at a time designated for worship, Adam and Eve's firstborn son, Abel, presented himself before God, and he brought an offering to him. Genesis, two, uh, Genesis 4, 2 to 4. He brought an offering to him. In contrast to his brother Cain, who merely brought some of the fruits of the soil from his labor in the field, Abel presented to the Lord an offering that consisted of fat portions from the firstborn of his flock. And in the Bible times where people offered a sacrifice, this was considered to be quite a gift. And although the mention of this offering was presented by Abel, it's also important in this context, another detail in the story that merits our full attention. See, Genesis carefully points out that the Lord looked at Abel first and then at his sacrifice. He looked at Abel first and then what he had. The state of Abel's heart mattered to the Lord more than what he had brought. For this reason, the Bible teaches that God does not judge us by our outward appearance, by our offering that we have. It's not to be judged. It's not to say that an offering is not important. It's to say that he looks at your heart first. The Lord does not look at things the way people look at things sometimes. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. See, there are many times in the Bible when the people were too busy looking for the wrong thing, and God did a factory reset on their heart to help them find the right thing. And whenever they found the right thing, they felt peace, comfort, and joy. So talking about the sermon title today, Hush, because if we hush our mouths and tune our minds and hearts to God's frequency and meditations for us. Scripture will help us discover that heaven's up to something higher sometimes than what we can see. When my life ramps up, I'm ramping up my prayers. Only I'm going to hush my lips when I do it and let God tell me what he is up to because whenever I hush my own blathering mouth, I hear the meditations that David is asking when he says, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and redeemer. What did God see in Abel's heart? Most likely he saw an attitude of gratitude, a readiness to obey and serve. See, if we were to express in words the message that Abel delivered at that worship service, what would it be? One way would be to say that when God looks at human beings, he sees what is in our hearts. And Abel did not try to hide his heart behind the offering because he already knew that nothing can be hidden from God's eyes. And Abel's story teaches us that God looks at the worshiper before he considers the gifts that are brought to him in the worship. In other words, worshipers matter to God. Abel's witness contains a powerful testimony that shows what God is like Yet, according to the biblical record, his witness was delivered in a silent, noiseless, speechless manner. And a silent sermon is often the one that moves us the deepest. 
Thank you. That's okay. An earworm. Have you ever heard of this? Sounds awful to hear earworm. But an earworm is actually a song that gets stuck in your head. And studies show that 90% of people admit this happening to them at least once a week, a song that just gets stuck in your head and loops. Like a quiet or even silent sermon to you that other people can't hear. It just loops. Can you fill in the words to some loops that I have replayed in my mind over and over again? Some of you know that this is not my most comfortable space as much as that over there, so I'm going to go over there for a moment to talk about this. See, uh, help me fill in this lyric, please. Indeed, this is my father's world. I'm going to ask you to help me out with this section by helping us to remember some really, really important loops, right? If you're stuck and stuff is going on at home, sometimes it's just one little piece of a song. One little piece can make the whole day turn around. when I what? Give me. Did you hear the repeating pattern of that song? Did you hear Give Me Jesus over and over again? I think about when I play these songs or hear them, what was the person who wrote it going through that they needed that loop? like a simple short sermon when it's repeated see the enemy can't stand that the bible says resist the devil and he will flee so when it all gets crowded upstairs and all you can think of is part of a song just loop it over and over again give me jesus when i rise it is well with my soul even if while you're singing it is well with my soul the whole time you are convincing yourself that it is well. That looping thought cannot be comfortable to your enemy. But it sure does refresh the soul. I think David went out and under that sky, maybe on a day that was rough, the skies declare 
if the skies can declare who he is, then why can't I? So then he prays at the bottom, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. Because sometimes it can seem like we can't get out of that loop that isn't working. And church, I am not exempt from that temptation. Let me tell you how this looks sometimes for me. Psst, Lisa. You're just one person right now. How can you afford to eat or pay bills with one income? Have you seen the price of gas? Where are you going to live now? Hush, Lisa, hush, Lisa, hush, Lisa. I interrupt the enemy's input when he starts that rampage. And I replace it with God's. Nope. Hush means heaven is up to something higher, and it might feel uncomfortable right now, and I might not know exactly what he's doing, but I'm going to hush, and then you are going to flee. This is my Father's world. Did you not hear me? This is my Father's world. So in the name of Jesus, I stand up on this promise that this situation is just a situation my Father has under control because the Bible says greater is he that is in me than he that is of this world. And that means all this right here belongs to my Father and it's my Father's world. So listen to me, snake. My family, my friends, my church family, they're not for you to touch. Now go on. Lisa, I bet you're kind of nervous about that meeting today at work. Some things were going wrong. If you lose that job, where are you going to be? How are you going to get to work with that car that left you stranded on the interstate? Hush, Lisa, hush, Lisa. We got this. In the morning when I rise. In the morning when I rise. In the morning when I rise. Give me Jesus. Lisa, you've been through so much this week. I mean, your dog's lost. Recently, your spouse passed. You know, anyone would probably say, it's okay if she stays home. I kind of understand why she would. Give her some time. Church, did you hear the word rest? See, the enemy probably couldn't lure me to do things that are flagrantly disobedient, right? But he can take a little word like rest Oh, that's tempting for me. Because I've been rushing so much that I haven't been resting well. So that's tempting to me. But I have to pay attention to the meditation of my heart. Like the three boys who went into the fire. Everything else was chaos around them and they went into the fire because the meditation in their heart was knowing who Jesus was. So they didn't move on feelings. They hushed and they were reminded... May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, according to Scripture. So my broken heart in this situation, I'm offering up for your revelation, and I'm going to sing your praises until it feels like it is well with my soul. 
The heavens declare that the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Does the sky have vocal cords? Does it have a voice box or a larynx? And yet a silent sermon above us every day declaring the handiwork of God. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. And yet the voice goes out through all the earth, and the words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving the chamber, like a strong man running its course, with joy. I pray, church, that we run with joy. See, its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them. Sounds like a loop to me. And there's nothing hidden from that heat. The law of the Lord is perfect. It revives the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. God's wisdom in his words is right there for anyone. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. I hear people all the time, I can't see where I'm going. I don't know what to do. My heart is just broken. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever, and the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Nebuchadnezzar sure tried to change the view of some people. But this is more fine than gold. Sweeter sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sin. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, like silent looping sermons, Lord, please help me to maintain them as being acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Sometimes... Sometimes the worst place you can be is in your own head. Sometimes God has to work on what's in your head in order for him to begin to put the new loop in. See, there are days when the absolute worst place can be thinking on our own thoughts. Remember that often when God is working on you, it's inside your heart and mind. It's like a silent sermon but it gives stretch growth to you because it gives birth to life, to a new muscle that maybe you haven't really leaned into. And you're going to probably feel it when it starts to grow and develop. When I pray, church, that we dare to introduce a few new words back into our vocabulary, words like tenacious, audacious, boldly courageous, because we serve an extraordinary God, and he loves our faith. So if we fan the flame, reconsider the value of all the gifts he's already given us. Remember the promises he's made. He's still moving in the hush. He still moves in the mountains. He still parts waters. He still makes something out of nothing. And nothing is too hard for him. Nobody's impossible to reach because he's God and he loves our faith. You're praying for that family member. You might not see them moving toward God, but it doesn't mean they're not. Keep praying. 
We may have to take on a mountain one faith step at a time, but does that make it any less of a miracle? May God himself awaken your heart to trust him like you've never done before. And may he stir up wonder and awe in the power of what he has to offer us to intervene in our difficult lives. May we respond to his activity in our life with that tenacious faith, no matter how it currently looks or has been looking. Tastes, smells, feels. Listen for the next one since we're focusing on meditation no matter how it sounds like, changes, shifts, or appears. Because situations are about to change. The Bible says so. Mountains are about to move, and people are about to give their heart to Jesus. Because God loves our faith. Colossians 1, 15-17 says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God, and he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that you cannot see, the things you can. Thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else. So we need to trust that he's still holding all of it together. Amen? In the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. Beautiful song. But do I do it? Or am I focused on, in the morning when I rise, give me? Me, 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 me. That would be a horrible way to end that song. Give me, 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 me. What a horrible way to do it. Like someone might be in the pews right now saying, what is she doing up there? (laughs) Just removing Jesus from that moment and replacing it with herself? But do you not see ourselves doing it often in different places? See, David realized his loops needed to be lifted. I realized last couple of years I needed to raise some pretty intense loops and let him replace them with a new loop, new lyrics back into my heart to lift me up. See, truly, we shouldn't let anyone or anything remove Jesus from that phrase, in the morning when I rise, give me. Don't let the enemy interrupt your day to keep Jesus out of your meditations. Not with a busy schedule, not with a demand at work, not with a TV show, work, or even your own flesh and blood. Job had somebody very near and dear to him who was tired. Job had to still choose that the meditation of his heart would be acceptable because he knew it all falls into place in God's symphony. Each day it matters how we start. So start taking the day by talking to a friend. And what a friend we have in? Jesus. So if that's the case, when you start your day, are you starting the day with email time or knee mail time? Are you listening to Jesus without speaking to see what he has planned for your inbox that day? Are we into the book when we first wake up before you go near Facebook? It matters how we start, so if you wake up and if there's anything you can't stand, well, that's a perfectly good time to kneel. 
I pray a new meditation for you involves this next verse. I am in Christ. Therefore, I no longer live and have faith based on situations. I live by revelation. And I know that the future I have in Christ, I know who he is and I know who I am in him. When the Israelites were exiled to Babylon, God instructed them to plant gardens, have children, dream dreams, seek their city's prosperity. He told them to rise up, not shrink back, multiply, not dwindle. May you see this particular season right now as an opportunity and an invitation to flourish. What beautiful thing might God inspire you to create where you are so that others may heal if only a little? What kind of gesture could you offer to your neighbor and maybe change their day? What words of encouragement can you deliver to those who forgot who they are and who they are with? You have something very precious and important to offer the world. It's a meditation everybody should have and adopt and share. So may you flourish, not falter. May you smile and dance and bake brownies and cookies and share them with each other. May you have pancakes together. And then may you give them all away if need be. Learn to prosper here. Lean in and look for God in this place. You will find him here. And may you partner with Jesus to bring loops of heavenly things to earth. Some of the greatest sermons we will ever give will not come through the lips but through our lives. I can prove it. If a preacher says one thing over and over again with their lips... But then you watch their lives and you say, Mm-mm, that does not line up with what left those lips. Well, it wouldn't be very long probably before nobody was listening to them. See, the self is a very small space to loop around. It's a very limited loop, and it ends in pain and suffering. If you could hear the song or the actions of somebody who is selfish, it would stop at me, and it wouldn't continue on to the word Jesus. It would probably sound a lot like do, re, mi, 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 mi. God, when does my life start to benefit me? My neighbor is so rich over there, why not me? That couple is so lucky they have someone in their life together, why not me? The devil can rob my joy by giving me loops of stuff all about me. Me, 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 me. You don't get very far with that. So, the point is that maybe today you came to church to get a new loop. You're miserable somewhere, somehow in your life because you continue to loop around something that might make me feel better. I do it all the time. I have done it. It's just that What I have found is that if I exchange the me out for a new loop. Here's one that I like to use when it gets really hard. Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably, more abundantly than I could ever ask or think. I'm trying to replace the old track with a new eight track. So I find eight verses that I'm going to sing all day long when stuff happens. I find eight pieces of music. I find eight little sections of something that spoke to me a long time ago, and I put them together. Somebody says at work, hey, Lisa, did you hear about 
like this program is not working today and we have testing at 2 o'clock, what are you going to do? Whoo, time to play one of those eight tracks. Time to get one of those songs looping in my head so I can focus on God has this before I even heard about it. David was not easily offended by being called small in front of Goliath because he was not concerned with what people thought of himself. He removed the me factor, and he took on a knee factor. He removed the me factor, and he took on a knee factor. He looked up and remembered that the loop around him, and he just, maybe, before he positioned the pebble, maybe he looked up. And maybe he said, the skies declare the glory of God. I'm small, but my life is bigger than what happens in my small head. So I'm going to get out of myself. I'm going to put this pebble in here. And Goliath is now so big that I cannot miss. Anytime we focus on ourselves, we end up with scarcity and shame. So what are you preaching to yourself today? Because it matters. We spend so much time listening to ourselves and not enough time preaching to ourselves. David was preaching to himself, saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Worship his holy name. A common meditation in the world today is not enough. Not enough. Think about it if somebody asks you, Hey, how much sleep did you get last night? Not enough. How much money do you make a, a job like that? Not enough. In fact, a student asked the teacher once, is $50,000 a lot of money to make in one year? And the teacher said, it is until you make it. Then it's not enough. Because you end up having more bills, more debt. See, the devil's favorite loop to play for you is not enough. It gets you in a rush. But the disciples told Jesus while looking at the source, you know, we don't have a whole lot here. We have maybe five loaves and two fish. We don't have enough. And they were looking at the source the whole time. But notice how different the story ends when they ask the source instead of themselves. They ask God to fill your empty places from here on out. God's grace is sufficient. Amen? When we get up, and fall short, and we get up, and we fall short, and we try, and we fall again, ask God for help. He already has broken the enemy's loop. See, he sent forth his son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering, just so we can say, there is therefore no condemnation. There is therefore no condemnation. So I'm going to give you a new loop. When the devil says, look, you messed up, say, his grace is sufficient for those who are in Christ. Enemy formerly mine, there is therefore no condemnation because I am in Christ. I no longer live by situations that I did in the past. I live by revelation. I serve Christ and not myself. He is in the fire with me, so you better flee. When the enemy starts his tiny sermon, you let grace finish him off. Until the devil is afraid to talk to you. Because when he tries, all it does is trigger a new loop in you that says, Grace is greater than my failure. 
It's not the sermon that I'm sharing with you today that is going to determine the rest of your life. What I'm saying to you right now, you will forget my words. It's the sermon you preach to yourself every day until it lines up with the source. And David was lining himself up with the source, making sure his meditations were lined up where they needed to be. My grandfather never stood behind a pulpit like this, but I observed him preaching a thousand different sermons. He never once cared for himself as much as for my grandmother. In fact, he planned for her well-being years after he was gone, while his feet were on this earth, in preparation for later, when he could not be with her for that moment. And Jesus did that for us. Accept what God says is true about you and reject anything contrary and then live that life. Let God be your own head coach. Let him tell your head what to think. Let him tell your heart what to do. Your family and friends want you to prepare the way to help them draw near to abiding with Jesus by lifting up all you think, say, and do. If you feel your heart beating in meditation to draw near to him and rededicate your heart and meditations to him, would you please stand up? If your heart leads you to wash away an old life, to start fresh, start new, you're going to adopt a new loop from here on out, and you're going to hold each other accountable and say, I'm hearing that negative loop come out. Maybe we ought to hush together and get some knee time. See, the silent sermon you preach to yourself matters. That's why Joshua had people in silence the first six days they walked around a wall. Maybe he knew that if they started talking, someone would talk themselves out of it. Six days of silence. Hush. Because heaven is up to something higher. Sometimes a hush is the best thing you can do. Ask your family and friends, help me hush when I need it. And I'll help you hush when you need it. Fellowship keeps us on track because heaven is up to something higher. And on the seventh day, they all shouted. They could shout after their silence. May Jesus miraculously deliver you from the fear and anxiety that threaten to overwhelm you. May he set you in a spacious gift of grace so you feel less pressed by the enemy. May Jesus lift your chin, open your eyes, and show you what you cannot see. Promises he's going to fulfill, gifts he intends to impart. May joy fill your heart. May peace flood your soul because your circumstances are temporary. God's promises are forever. Your heavenly father is up to something right now. May you divinely discern his movement in your life and don't make any rash decisions as much as giving priority to the voice of your Savior because he's tender with your weakness and he's fierce in your defense. He's still your provider. You can rest in him. You can and should hush just to listen today. Praying can be a way for you to say nothing and still receive the blessed assurance that God is in the business of showing up exactly how we need him to. Because it's not about our strength. David said, our strength and our redeemer. It's about the strength of your source. Remember, we only grow as much as we stretch, and it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's still going to be okay. 
Philippians 4, 6 to 7, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience his peace. His peace will guard your hearts. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Because if he tells us in his word, our strength. Church, tell me, why are we constantly crying out what we can't do? It's not about our strength. So lean into him, lean into those words. They are powerful. Stretch growth means we are going to have to reach out from where we have been where we've been in the past even, to where we're headed. So you don't have to worry about the mistakes you made back there because you're reaching forward. Reach out. He doesn't care if you don't have anything in your hands right now to offer him. He wants your heart. Reach out. He doesn't care if someone in your past tried to put his beautiful creation behind some terrible label they had for you. It no longer exists. You are a new creation in Christ. He knows it isn't who you are right now because he made you reach out he doesn't need your muscle your ability your strength or your status he needs your heart reach out where has he been trying to plant his meditations he hasn't been trying to plant them in your wallet your picket fence your house your job your car he wants your heart may you give it to him and may you trust him with it because today is a new day And it's time to take this heart and return it to the creator for the tune-up that lasts the lifetime. It's time for the meditations to saturate the cords of your heart like medication to heal it all the way. May what we allow to loop in our head and heart be acceptable. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him like to close with a prayer. And after I'm done with the start of the prayer, I would like us to say the words that are on the screen. And then our closing song is number 50, Abide With Me. Father, we thank you for the time to dive into your word closely and see what you truly had for us all along, for our meditations to line up with who you are so that we can have eternal faith in our walk with you. Oh Lord, we ask for your forgiveness for the ways that we have gone wrong, we've gone astray. But we also thank you, Lord, for being who you are, that you love us, that you will always love us, that you have always loved us. And we thank you, we lift up our beloved family members and friends, Everyone has so many different needs, but you see them all, and you are already with them. And we thank you that you're here with us today. Father God, as we go about our week and our lives, may the meditations of our mouths and the the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Our closing hymn is number 50, Abide With Me.